Hi, it's Maria. Happy Valentine's Day. I have some good and some bad news for you. Let's start with the bad day. Well, I don't have a new season of Equal Parts for you. I'm sorry. To pull back the curtain for a moment, I started this project for two reasons. One was to spread joy and romance, and I think that's definitely been successful. Two, as a sort of portfolio, to polish skills and to prove myself in the industry. Well, that has also been successful. I'm a full-time podcast editor now, and I love my job. So, as paid work has grown, this side project has shrunk. That's not to say it will fully stop. I really hope to make a full third season. Keep listening until the end for a little preview of what's to come, at some point. Now, there's one more reason I've been slacking production since season two. After years of sharing other people's love stories, I finally lived my own. Am living. Turns out, it's time-consuming falling in love. In a good way. A great way for me. It's less great for equal parts. So, I hope you'll forgive me for making you wait for the next season. Okay, I, I guess that was kind of good news too, but onto the official good news. I have some updates for you. I thought it'd be fun to catch up with some of our previous couples, hear what's new, where life has taken them, play out some of the real-life moments. After the quirky meeting, after the whirlwind romance, what happens next? First up, Nick and Davide from season one. So, it's just over three years since we first had our interviews. What's new? Well, no one told us that there was a pandemic on the way, so that's been challenging, trying to deal with the practical and psychological aspects of of a pandemic, living together in a small flat, trying not to drive each other crackers. Somehow, we realised that we can spend 24 hours together, seven days out of seven, and not be tired of each other. Like, during the pandemic, Nick became my co-worker, my office colleague. He became my my daily friend. So I felt really lucky to be in lockdown with him. So this is Tash and this is Martha. And we are back to give you an update, I guess, since our last recording. Yeah, that's been a year ago. A whole year. What's changed in a year, babe? Everything. Everything has changed in the past year. We're married. Married! Uh, We're recording this episode in London. Yes, we're in Holland at the time. You'll have to excuse, Ted is in another room barking his face off. He's being... Well, Ted's here, actually. He wasn't here for the last recording. No, he was different. Yeah. Um, We had Ted, but he was back at my parents, and now he's being particularly um, non-cooperative today. (laughs) Hi, it's Graham and Jules, and we can't believe it's been a year since we were on Equal Parts. No, it's been uh, a very strange year. We have changed our uh, lifestyle a little bit. I'm the one going out to work and you have, for the first time, started working from home, which has changed the dynamic and has changed our daily lives. So what's new? Um, Well, kind of everything's new, really, uh, except for me and Anna. We're We're the constant in all of this. It's been a bit of a roller coaster. Some crazy highs and some crazy lows, sadly. We 
gave up, I don't know, all the friends we love, the flat that we love, the city that we love and careers that we kind of loved. Um, and we changed everything um, just like right during lockdown. We've lived together in London for 12 of our 15 years. And then we also did long distance for a bit, London, Brighton. We up and left London, sold the flat, quit our jobs. Um, and then we moved to uh, Norfolk to be with my mother, who was kind of struggling in lockdowns, um, which was fantastic. We had a brilliant year in Norfolk. Really beautiful to be in the country, but most importantly, to get loads and loads of quality time with Dunk's mum. And what was lovely as well was um, knowing that we could spend that much time together in a very confined space, because it was a one bed sort of studio flat situation. Um, at the end of the drive of Dunk's Mums and that we could have a great time. So uh, it certainly brought us closer together, I would say. You know, some people might kind of live together in order to decide whether they should get married. And we kind of braved the pandemic together and we survived it. So that was kind of like the test that we needed to pass before we got married. One very bad thing was that we had to postpone our wedding. But a very good thing is that eventually we got married. We spent lots of time trying to decide when and where and how to get married, which church to get married in, what kind of celebration we wanted. And we had everything planned. I remember to celebrate the wedding that does not to be, we just, went out in the garden. It was the only place we could go. And we took a picture under the tree because the tree was in blossom. And we thought it would be the most beautiful picture we could get that day. And it was a sunny day, I remember. And then a year later, we could start organizing a wedding. And we were so lucky to get the wedding done in the um, window of time in 2021 when the pandemic was at its lowest and most of the restrictions were uh, removed. So we could have a big Italian slash British wedding. We were able to have a good few people with us to celebrate and it felt like a very special day. It was a little bit Italian because the food was provided by my friends who are from Sicily, so the food was all Sicilian. But for example, the wedding cake was British and we had knitted bunting. And then we had a Kaylee, which is Scottish. And I used to live in Scotland. And most importantly, we had friends around us all through the day. So that made it really special. Nick went out in our allotment to get flowers for the tables in the morning. And it was raining. So he came back all soaked and he was making these little poses for the tables and it was just so beautiful all these colors from our allotment for the wedding we're looking forward to going over to italy for part two so that we can celebrate with davide's friends and family properly how is it living together permanently after all our time of being long distance yeah, it's been crazy because I moved here just before COVID hit, but I've been 
back and forth to Holland so much. At some point, five months at a time. Yeah. So I feel like I officially moved here last May 2021. I love it. Yeah, you do? <laughs> you don't believe me? <laughs> I mean, obviously it has different challenges, like you're with each other all the time. But now that we're both sort of in that more conventional, we go off to work for the day, we come home, we have an evening or like we have a weekend like muggles do. We're kind of living like normal married life, if that's a thing. But I do have to say, for example, I'm going to Holland next week for two weeks. And of course, it's not nice to miss you, but two weeks is not too long. No. And I think it's actually good for every couple to have that sometimes. Some people can't be apart for like two nights. Yeah. But I think it's actually good because then you, you're you still your own person. You're still doing everything by yourself. And when you come back, it's like... You appreciate it even more. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely how I feel. I now work for myself, so I don't go out to work and work for a boss as a member of staff. And so we learned, well, you maybe learned, as I learned along the way, why I suck at working for a boss. Because <laughs> it did, you know, for years and years I had issues with bosses and stuff, and we kind of... We went a bit deep into why that might be based on, you know, childhood and whatever. And we yeah. actually got quite deep into yeah, of kind a, of the psychology and where yeah. the triggers are and why. Self-analysis, so, yeah. Yeah. Of, uh, so I learned about me and you learned about me. And, yeah. and I learned that you are someone good to talk this over with. Well, in fact, you're the only person I can talk this over with because you're the only person in the world that understands me. Well, there is that. <laughs> And I'm the only person here. <laughs> yeah. But I also learned about you, in, not in the same way, but there are certain things about your life and previous relationships and friendships and stuff that you've also had to reframe where you're at and how we got here. And that wouldn't have happened if we didn't have this lifestyle change, which was forced upon us by the pandemic. I was coming home after seven o'clock at night, some nights. Mm. And we wouldn't have the time to sit and talk. And we talk for ages. We talk a lot more now. We do. We do. And uh, we listen a lot more. It's made us look deeper into each other's um, issues and um, learning more about how we feel and just so much. It know. sounds really heavy duty, but it's been, it's, it's been uplifting and enlightening, enlightening yeah. and, and freeing in a way very, when you understand. positive. Because you, just don't, because you get on the hamster wheel of life and work and whatever, you don't have the time to just actually go, hey, wait a minute, why do I do that? And is, is that the right thing to do? And mm. have you ever noticed that? <laughs> yeah. So it has been a very positive year. Yeah. Yeah. From spending more time together, I'd yeah. say. Yeah. I think we're now better at knowing each other and knowing how to sort of react or know what mm. the person needs. So if mm. you're like super sad or disconnected from me, I could take that really personally or I could take that on us. And now I feel like I can leave that more with you and then I can be there better for you and not be sad about it. Mm hmm. Yeah, I definitely feel that. And it kind of stops a cycle occurring, right? Yeah. Yeah, I feel like it, this is more probably recently, actually. Like the times that you're struggling with something that 
like sometimes I just have to let you come to me with it and be like, I can see something's upsetting you. You're telling me it's fine. And I'm like, yeah, but it's not fine, is it? What is it? And now I just have to just accept that you will tell me in your own time. Yeah. Sadly, my mum passed away unexpectedly, so that kind of obviously changed a lot. You see your partner in a new light. I've just been bowled over by how incredible Dunk's been in this situation. Um, both seeing him as an amazing support for Biddy when we were all together and then how he's dealt with having to lose your final parent and deal with all the horrendous logistics of probate and possessions and handling everyone else's emotions in that, family and friends. Oh, he blows me away. Um, he's just been incredible. It took me a while to get used to the word husband, but now I'm ever so proud to say, yeah, Nick, my husband, to strangers or whatever. And it took me a while to get used to the ring as well. But then if I take it off for whatever reason, like if I'm kneading some dough, baking some bread, and I need to take it off, otherwise it will get blasted in, in, in dough. And then I feel like there is something missing and I need to put it back. I also forgot the happy part, which was one of the other things that's changed is uh, we got married. We kind of eloped, really. Anna and I never really um, had a thing about being married. Um, it was more the, the civil partnership basically became an option um, fairly recently. And we thought that makes a lot of sense for us because we've been together forever and our lives are going to be entwined forever. and having a civil partnership just made a lot of sense in many different ways. But we didn't want all the formality or the focus of attention, the big party, all of that. Maybe we will one day. So we did uh, Tuesday in the register office in Camden. Absolutely amazing. Two of our closest friends were our witnesses and it was a 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. Uh, champagne, food, celebration. It was absolutely incredible. So much fun, and then we were official. I mean, probably the biggest thing is that we're married. Yeah. It was like the biggest event I've ever hosted in my life. Right, or planned in my <laughs> yeah. life. Yeah. But it was so much fun. Oh my it's gosh, so the actual day is all worth it, because when it actually happens, it is like the best, the best day ever. It was literally the best day ever. And it was just so overwhelming. And actually, if you want to hear about the full wedding, we actually just released two podcasts. So you can hear the full extent of what it was like getting married. The only other thing we'd say is we kept it a surprise and sort of secret from most of our friends and family. But as it got closer, I remember I kept saying to Duncan, you know, I, I just don't feel right about not telling Biddy, which is Dunk's mum, and my mum, you know, the mums, they'll get very upset. Um, we have to tell them beforehand. And he was like, no, no, we know. Anyway, played dumb, but it turned out that Duncan had not only told Biddy, however many months ago, but had actually gone home to visit and had retrieved his grandmother's ring. We hadn't, we hadn't really talked about engagement or rings or anything. It was kind of you know, a bit more business, but 
I wanted to do, you know, I wanted to bring the romance in somehow. My mum was amazing. She's the only person that can really keep a secret and she didn't tell a soul. And Anna was getting stressed because she hadn't told her mum. So I had to fess up <laughs> and then Anna was able to uh, to share that with our mum. So it was just our mums um, and, and the witnesses, obviously. And then after the event, we just, um, we told people. Uh, I guess we, f- we feel a little bit guilty because we've been to some amazing friends' weddings and, you know, lavish things. And, and we just kind of snuck off and had this amazing day just with our two friends and, and Anna and I. Um, but it made sense to us and maybe we'll have a party in the future, but we'll see. What we used to do is every year on our anniversary, we'd go to a different European city for a weekend. So we started with Paris and then we did Amsterdam and Rome and Prague and Venice. Yeah, and, and all these cool places. Mm. So we're owed a nice trip at some stage. Because we've missed two anniversary yeah. weekends away or travel yeah, trips, we've yeah. missed two of those special times. So, we, so we do have to catch up on that. Yeah. But it is amazing to think that, how long have we been married now? We were married in 87. <laughs> 36? Is it 36? It'll be 30. Will it be 30? Oh, no. I've got to do have the we maths. we lost track of how long we've, lost, we've been that's married? That's how old we that's are. That's how long we've been married. Hang yeah, on, hold we're doing on the maths second. now. So 2022 minus 1987 means in October it will be 35. Oh, 35. It'll be okay. 35 in October. So we're at 35 years. And uh, it's just really interesting to have our relationship where you think um, you're asking how have we been romantic and all that sort of thing. And we think, well, for us, it's more about supporting each other. Yeah. And understanding each other. And, and as as we change and life changes, we've we've supported each other through it. Yeah. So that's, it's that's just, romantic. Yeah. Are we really boring? No, I don't think so. No. I think we're quite exciting. <laughs> in September, we went walking in Northumberland and we stayed in um, a small spa in the middle of nowhere. Really just someone had built a cabin in the front garden with a sauna and then there was a jacuzzi in the back garden. So it was really quite remote and the sky was beautiful and dark and that morning it had been chucking it down with rain. We woke up and everything was grey and before we went to bed that night we were in this jacuzzi and we could see the Milky Way and we saw these shooting stars and it was just so beautiful. So that was definitely one of the more memorable moments of the year and definitely romantic. Recently, I was having a really hard week and I was just really feeling overwhelmed and I was shutting down and Marta was exercising that new thing where she doesn't take it on herself and understands that the thing is me and that I'm dealing with it in my own way. And um, we were going into a weekend and on the Sunday, we'd had a really lovely day together anyway. It was like as simple as like sitting on the sofa with brunch and watching a lesbian movie. And then she was like, oh, I'll stay in here for a second. And she like went off and did like little squirreling away and then came back and was like, oh, if you go into the bathroom, you'll find your robe there and your tea. And uh, then you come through into the massage room and I walked into the bedroom and it literally felt like I'd walked into a five-star spa. <laughs> there were like candles and it was like 
beautiful smells and beautiful relaxing music and all like dim and calm and the like scents were going and humidifier was on and it was just like beautiful zen calmness and then you gave me like a full body massage it was no about like I'll give you a massage and you give me a massage it was just yeah like I want to do this for you because I know that you need it It, you know it wasn't a romantic or kinky massage in any way it was literally just like I know that you need this and you need this moment of relaxation we've now moved to St Leonard's and Hastings and us exploring that together you know when it's scary and exciting and brilliant has been amazing and strolling by the sea most days and looking out we're sort of pinching ourselves that you know we've done it we've only been here two months but it's all going brilliantly um, but just actually the amount of time we now spend with each other, we're not doing full-time jobs at the moment. So we've got this luxury of time, which could kill or cure. And it's just been wonderful, really. We, you know, we're really good at hanging out and, um, spending time together, a lot of time together. I think if you'd said, you know, a couple of years ago that we'd have been doing this, I'd have thought, Christ, um, you know, that could be a problem because Anna's a talker and she's constantly making noise and you you know you always know where she is but um it it's been fine it's been fun turns out we love spending that much time together i really hope he's going to say the same thing <laughs> just you know excited for this next new chapter i have to say i love being married but what is the difference i don't know i think it's the fact that there is that commitment public recognised commitment, that mutual understanding that you are committed to each other. You know that not that I felt this when we were when we were just fiancés or girlfriends, but like you have an argument, you know that there is like always that solid foundation safety net. And I don't want this to be misinterpreted that you then don't have to work because you still do. It's just in a different way. I don't know, there's just I just feel like we're building something. Oh, I love them all. (laughs) So great to hear how things are going. The little romantic gestures and the big life changes. Thank you, Nick and Davide, Anna and Duncan, Graham and Jules, and Tash and Marta for sharing these gorgeous updates. Well, it's almost time to go and see my person on this most sacred, mm, commercial, disgusting, pressurising day. (laughs) But before I leave you, here's a little treat a preview of something to look forward to. Evan and Andy. It was almost Christmas, so we got each other little gifts because we had been, you know, talking for a long time. My mindset was like, even if it doesn't turn out to be anything, you know, we've got a friendship now. There is a video game series called Dragon Age. And uh, he got me, I think, a Dragon Age comic book. I got Andy, I made them a stocking with Star Wars fabric, it was reversible, with Star Wars fabric on one side and uh, Doctor Who fabric on the other side and just filled it with, like, snacks and stuff. And I got him, like, uh, a big encyclopedia of all the, like, concept art for the game and stuff. And Andy got me, there's a little, like, necklace that a character gives another character in Dragon Age. Uh, So Andy's gift was definitely way more directly romantic than mine was. (laughs) It rained like hell we went to an art museum which was really cool 
and then we went to the Native American History Museum, which was cool. Kind of a bummer for a first date, though. Not strong first date uh, content. Gorgeous museum. Stunning museum. Huge bummer for a date. I think it was then, like, coffee. And then, uh, like a weirdo, I knew I'm in love with him on that date. We did uh, kiss very briefly, but it wasn't a particularly good kiss. I got a lot of Andy's mustache. It was just real quick. It was a good. It was a good date, though. We did have a good time. I had never been in love before. I'm pretty confident in saying I dated a ton, especially in college. Like I dated a lot, but it was all girls. Everyone was the first guy I'd ever gone on a date with, and like I knew then and there, like shit, this isn't good. Like, I'm in love with this guy, and I'm a pastor, and in the closet, and uh, also, only a weirdo says that they're in love with you on the first date, so I need to keep that locked down and in private. Um, but yeah, I, I very much knew that, like, this was more than a casual thing for me. 